At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The sports betting landscape from coast to coast. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome into the show. It is Betting Across America, and as always, we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard, half of your hosting team, because Josh Applebaum, I'm in Vegas because Josh Applebaum is on assignment uh, right now. Uh, we're not going across America. We're going to stay right here in Vegas and welcome in our other host. Uh, and it's Adam Burke, the one and only Adam Burke. How are you? I'm good, man. Good to be here. Sorry Josh isn't here, but I'm here. And he's on assignment. He's on assignment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm here, and uh, it's going to be a great show. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. We're going to cover so much, Adam. I mean, certainly preseason football underway. we got to uh, dissect that. Uh, what, do, what have we learned so far? Uh, and then also Major League Baseball. Uh, pick your brain on certain situations. I know the Yankees are only eight up right now, <laughs> but I don't think that's going to happen. The collapse isn't going to happen. At least I don't think it will, but we'll pick your brain on that. Also, uh, we'll get some picks. Uh, always got to get some picks here on the final segment of the show. Best bets uh, as we preview everything uh, going on in sports betting. Uh, let's start with observations, though, uh, from the weekend uh, in the preseason football, because I want to get your thoughts from a sports betting standpoint. I, I have some thoughts as a former player and certainly as a better, um, but I got to get your thoughts on, on some of the things that we saw. Favorites, four, 18 and 14 straight up, uh, 14, 16 and 2 ATS. But the overs continue to dominate. 21-11, again, as the books are scrambling to catch up to the situations in preseason football. Yeah, well, I will say this. I mean, they were 14-3 and three going into week two, so they did kind of stabilize a little bit there going 7-8 and eight, uh, in the preseason here in week two. And 
you know, look, I mean, we saw a lot of numbers in the 40s. We saw a lot of games actually get pushed mm-hmm. up into the 40s. We only had, I believe, actually, we didn't have a single game in week one that had a total in the 40s. But then we wind up with, I think, 11 of them here in week two. And certainly it makes sense. I mean, yeah. you saw an adjustment because of all the overs, but you also see an adjustment because teams are playing their starters a little bit more. The second teamers are playing a little bit more. But also we're seeing, you know, a lot of coaches with a lot of different philosophies on who's playing, who's not. In fact, you know, we saw today that, you know, a lot of veterans aren't going to be playing in tonight's game, I think specifically for the Atlanta side. So, you know, it's just you, you got to do everything you can to go. And look, social media can be awful more often <laughs> than not, but it's a tremendous news source. And when you talk about the preseason where it's all about news, all about knowing who's going to play and for how long, you've got to be out there following the beat writers on Twitter. Well, you, you do. You do. And then uh, some observations I've, I've been noticing uh, is, you know, which coaches are going to use – the preseason to get ready, to get their backups ready, right? In, in terms of, okay, like Atlanta. Uh, there's a lot of guys that are not fighting for jobs on that roster, I believe. Now, they're not, not that deep of a team either. Uh, so maybe that's why you're not going to see that many starters. You're going to see more of the backups because you got to get them ready. Uh, we saw Seattle and their backups not even ready to play, uh, right? Geno Smith, he couldn't even lead the backups uh, from that standpoint. You saw Denver uh, lay an egg. Uh, with their backups, obviously their backups don't know how to get ready to play, right? Or j- just uninterested too. I mean, you see that, and then you see other teams like you know Jordan Love, for instance, or or Green Bay, or, or teams with standards, you know. And uh, to me, that's been coming to the forefront now. As a better, uh, you mentioned following beat writers because the starters only go so long. The backups are going to determine the outcomes. To me, uh, are you gleaning any information that way uh, when you look at uh, the insiders producing that info? Yeah, I think it's really interesting, you know, because it it seems like the coaches have kind of looked at these games and said, you know what, we'll play a lot of our guys at home. Mm -hmm. We're not going to worry too much about playing them on the road. We're not going to worry about, you know, what happens, especially if you've got a team with long travel, something like that, like we talked about last week. But also, I think it makes sense to really focus on the number twos and the number threes, because you know this far better than I do. There are so many injuries in the NFL. Mm -hmm. It is a war of attrition. You are going to need your backups at some point in time, specifically on the line, right? A lot of times those linemen get hurt. They get rolled up on whatever the case may be. So you really want to find out what you've got with your second and third groups on the offensive and defensive lines. You know, you figure your first teamers are going to have a good grasp of the offense. But what's always interesting to me is seeing how rookie head coaches approach the preseason. Because, look, there's only so much you can do in practice. And if you get joint practices, that obviously helps. But there's only so much you can do in practice to simulate game conditions, get into the playbook, get everybody acclimated on the same page. And it's interesting to see how the different rookie coaches handle it. Yeah, you know, Adam, to your point, uh, joint practices, it elevates the pace of play in practice. Like, you can practice against your own team. Like, say, I'm with the Broncos and I'm practicing against my Broncos defense. It's it's only going to go to a certain level. But when you look across the field and there's a Dallas Cowboys, obviously you're going to exceed that level. And that's what coaches want. Right, you know, red zone, everything kind of scripted, but you see what you want to see. Uh, in the game, it's more situational, and now you have to react to that, and you have to react to that without a game plan. So a lot of times we see that play out in preseason as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you always see these clips on Twitter of fights at the joint practices right. and all that. I mean, guys are – it's a lot easier to hit somebody who's not your teammate, right? <laughs> you know, you, you want to go out there and hit a guy that, you know, you, you know if he gets hurt, it kind yeah. of is what it is. But if right. one of your guys gets hurt, you know, and especially if you're a guy trying to make the roster – you may end up getting cut because of that. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So, you know, definitely it ramps up the intensity for yeah. sure. We had a player up in Seattle that got cut because I got hurt because he didn't know what to do. <laughs> absolutely. That's a true story. Uh, let's get to some observations. Uh, I want to pick your brain on from a betting standpoint. Patrick Mahomes. 
he's a more complete quarterback. He will be a more complete quarterback, which is, I think is dangerous. I'm watching this guy uh, execute an offense differently. I'm watching him be highly efficient. He, was, he played 24 plays, two back-to-back 12-play drives, precision, 12 of 19, 162 yards, two touchdowns, and three preseason games. Uh, the three series that Mahomes has played has led to touchdowns. He is dinking and dunking. He's taken what the defenses are giving him, which comes back to haunt him uh, in, pre- in, in postseason play. Well, I think, first of all, he kind of has to, right? right? He doesn't have Tyreek Hill, who's you know, just a speed freak and can get open anywhere on the field or also be a guy you can just throw it up to downfield and let him run under it. And also, Travis Kelsey's still a really good player. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. But he is on the other side of 30 now. I know he had 92 catches last year, but he doesn't seem to really have the same burst. He seems like a guy that's still a very reliable weapon because he's a very smart route runner. But you know, now Mahomes kind of has to not only take better care of the football with all the interceptions that we saw last season – but the, the dynamics of this offense are kind of changing a little bit, and he needs to change with that. And I think that's something that Andy Reid and the coaching staff there has kind of identified yeah. as, look, we're not going to be this 45-point-per-game offense anymore. We need to take care of the football. We can move methodically down the field. We know we have Mahomes who can make a lot of throws and do a lot of things mm-hmm. on the move. So I think it's just kind of a shift in mindset and philosophy for the Chiefs that may force Mahomes to be a little bit more careful with the football. Yeah, absolutely. And to your point, I mean, Travis Kelsey last year was seventh in yards after the catch as a receiver. If you've noticed that he's losing a step, which be could be beneficial as a better knowing that. I mean, top seven, who led the way? Cooper Cup led the way last year. Yards after the catch, he had 846 yards after the catch. Travis Kelsey had 565 uh, and you think about that, that led to Kansas City uh, Chiefs as well offensively. But if he's slowing down, uh, that's going to be interesting uh, as we play out uh, going into the first season uh, first season game in the regular season. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, obviously the stats are still pretty strong for Travis yeah. Kelsey. So maybe I'm kind of talking about his demise a little bit too early here. But, you know, it's just it's something that happens when you're a mm-hmm. big tight end. And, you know, if you're not catching the football, you're still blocking for running plays and all that. That's a lot of abuse on the body. And that's something where, you know, to me, I just sort of feel like maybe Kelsey kind of coming back a little bit. Remember in 2020, 1,416 yards. Mm -hmm. So last year in, in one more game had 1,125. So he he should tick back up. I would think from a target share standpoint, just because the way this offense is going to go. Right. But you know, Mahomes has to change the way that he plays a little bit now. And if he's able to do it, you know this. That's what the best do. Right. The best adjust to their situations, their scenarios, to, you know, if their skills kind of start declining out that Mahomes's are. But, you know, you think about guys that kind of change the way that they play. They're not that gunslinger mentality anymore. They're kind of, let me take the safe throw. Let me not take the hit. Stuff mm-hmm. like that. The best players are able to kind of see that coming and make their adjustments. And, and I think that the best coaches are able to do that too. And Andy Reid's one of them. Right. And this is why this is so informative because you file this away and you take it into the season. And if it looks differently, you know why. Right. Right. And so this is the educational part of it that I'm taking in gathering intel from the preseason. Two more observations. One other, I want to mention yeah. this real quick. I know we got to get to a couple other things, but mm-hmm. also you think about the Chiefs. We all think of them as an over team, right? Right. They're scoring a ton of points, right. all that. If they're going to play this more methodical ball control mm-hmm. style of offense, keep their defense off the field, move the sticks, you know, get third and threes, third and twos, stuff like that. Maybe they're a good under team early on in the year. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Uh, but this is the information we can take into the season, right? Observations. Uh, the Buffalo Bills roster, one through 53, is solid. Duke Pretty Johnson good. might not even make the team. Think about that for a minute uh, as a running back. And then the Colts defense 
should be improved this year, which is scary. Now, from a betting standpoint, maybe there could be some value and some surprises out there for Indy. Yeah, I mean, look, the thing about the Colts is they've had a lot of high draft picks. Of course, they've gone back to the well with Ohio State a couple of times in the secondary, and that's not really a a bad idea with the secondaries that the Buckeyes have had. Mm -hmm. But this is a defense that's had a lot of injuries over the last few seasons. If they're able to be healthy, that's something that should be really interesting for them. And also, veteran defensive coordinator and Gus Bradley. I know Matt Eberflus is now a head coach, and kudos to him for that. But Gus Bradley's been around a long time. This should be a very gap-responsible type of defense. That, and then get after the passer. Because that's what Gus Bradley wants to do. It doesn't matter where he's been. Seattle, Jacksonville, the Raiders, San Diego here. Or um, uh, I mentioned here, the Raiders already so out in Indy now. Uh, But that guy, his mantra is to get after the passer. Uh, and, you know, the cover guys that they have now uh, and the guys that can get after the passer, too, and if they can stop the run, uh, watch out for Indy. Uh, the v College Football Guide is out right now, and our NFL Guide drops this Thursday. Get expert profiles of every team with team trends, power ratings, and over-under recommendations, plus get best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. The only way to get access to this year's football betting guides is to become a v all-access subscriber. Sign up on our discounted football special and get all access to everything we do from now until the Super Bowl for only $175 or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all year long. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe for all of your options and become part of the Sports Betting Network. So there was a play that happened in preseason. Uh, a lot of people think it was dirty. Uh, some people don't think it's dirty. Uh, people that played in the league, right? But it's it's more evidence and I more info. Lost the argument. Now. <laughs> there's there's more info about Kayvon Thibodeau that I think betters need to know about. We'll get to that coming up next. At Bet three six five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet three six five. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. 
and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hey everybody, it's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM is all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted out specials, and much more. Just download the app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID. Open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. You're going to love the state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21 and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly if you have a problem. Call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America presented by Betting Jim. Mike Pritchard, Adam Burke with you in studio out here in Las Vegas inside the fabulous South Point Casino. Um, so, Kayvon Thibodeau. I know I saw the reaction, a lot of views on this uh, because of the, the uh, outcome. He got hurt, right? And a lot of people are calling it dirty. Uh, some people are coming to the defense of Moss, I guess, now, and saying, you know what, it's not dirty, uh, it's legal play. But was it uncalled for? Absolutely, right? But, you know, the thing about playing in the National Football League, a lot of things are uncalled for. I never know when a safety is going to do something uncalled for to me, right? I got to protect myself. I had to great, have great technique for sure. But one thing as a better, I'm, I can take away from that situation is that's not going to be the last time Thibodeau sees a play like that. Because from a technique standpoint, he didn't handle it very well. And so if you're the Giants, if you're Thibodeau, you got to fix that. One of the things that happens in the National Football League, coaches, play callers, they find a way to exploit your flaws. And he is not a very physical guy. He wants to pass, rush the passer, passer, I get that. But when it comes to physical football, uh, Thibodeau uh, has work to do. Uh, so I get what you said earlier, or you think that it could be a dirty play or considered a dirty play. 
Yeah, look, I mean, for me, I think anytime that you kind of go low and, and the primary point of contact winds up being the knee, mm-hmm. it certainly looks bad. I mean, right. the optics on this don't look good. And, and there are you know a lot more people out there saying it's a dirty play than saying it's maybe, I don't want to call it a miscommunication because that's obviously not what it was. But something that you brought up during the break to me I think is really important is that in the NFL, you can go low. In college, you've kind of got to square up with that guy. You can't go low Outside on Outside the tackle box. Mm-hmm. Right. So it, when you told me that, then I'm thinking, okay, Thibodeau probably just didn't really expect that to be what was going to happen on that play. He didn't square up. He kind of went off to the side, sort of crouched down a little bit. Um, and, and look, that's something that, you know, I, I'm not I'm not going to see it the way that you saw it. I don't have that frame of reference. That's why I think it's really important for you to be able to give your analysis because that's a play where a lot of people are going to look at it and say, well, it's dirty. Mm-hmm. And you say, well, not necessarily. Is it uncalled for right. in the preseason? Certainly. But you also turned it into now with Kayvon Thibodeau, like that's how teams are going to approach him. They're going to play physical with him, and the best way to stop a pass rusher is to take him off of his feet. Right, right, and, or be physical with him. Like right. until Thibodeau fixes that, again, the league will exploit his flaws right there. And so until he fixes that, uh, he can expect a little bit more or a heavy dose uh, of more cross action, uh, maybe low blocks, uh, tight ends on in in his way as well. So uh, so much information right there. Uh, from that play, like Godwin getting hit low. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say that's dirty, right? It's legal, but uncalled for, absolutely. Uh, but from a defender standpoint, it wasn't dirty because I can do that. But Godwin lost his knee. Uh, it happens in the National Football League. Uh, but I think Thibodeau and his technique, uh, he definitely needs to improve that. Well, and that was the thing that Brian Dable kind of said. You know, his own coach was like, look, I mean, it's within the rules. Mm-hmm. Like, it you know, I, I'm sure he's not thrilled about the outcome. I'm right. sure he's thrilled about the outcome that's only three to four weeks right, and Thibodeau right. will be out as opposed to an ACL or something like that. But, you know, Brian Dable's like, he uses a teaching point. You know, he's like, look, our technique's got to be better. Defensive lineman's got to use his hands better than that. Like, maybe, you know, maybe that rubs some people the wrong way in that locker room, but it's, it's a veteran coach mm-hmm. leading by example with a young player. And to your point, you talk about things to look for from a betting standpoint. Yeah, teams being physical with Thibodeau, but I look at this from Brian Dable and it's accountability. It's personal accountability, which has not been a thing for the Giants for a long period of time. That's a really good sign, I think, going mm-hmm. forward for this football team that a lot of people are high on and think that they have an outside shot to maybe even somehow win this division. Right. I mean, as a young player, if I can't get off the line of scrimmage, I'm going to get press coverage. I know that. If if I tip my route, set the tip of the, uh, uh, the top of my route, uh, I'm going to get off coverage and guys are going to sit on me and squat on my route. So uh, it's up to me as a player to fix that. I, Thibodeau... Fortunate that it was just an MCL is going to have a chance to fix it, but I think that's just more information as a better you can take away uh, from that situation. Let's get to Major League Baseball. We got so much to get to on the program today. Speaking uh, of Burke. New York and accountability, I know. We'll the Yankees. Right. Well, you can adjust in football. I don't know if you can adjust in baseball, right? And uh, still got college football to get to, but let's get to the Yankees right now. Um, they were able to salvage a win against the Blue Jays. I get that. Uh, a four-game sweep, but we talked to Josh Towers about this. Uh, the Yankees just don't look right right now. I, I know you got 40 games left. You got an eight-game lead, and okay, maybe you're not interested. You know, maybe you're just waiting uh, to just play these games out and get to the playoffs. But uh, I tell you what, and maybe some flaws uh, uh, showing up for the Yankees. Yeah, I think they certainly got a little bit complacent, but there were a couple of things that happened kind of in a pretty short window that they didn't really bounce back well Mm -hmm. from. So Giancarlo Stanton hit the injured list on July 23rd, and 
that really hurt them offensively because Aaron Judge has largely carried this offense. Andrew Benintendi has come over since the trade deadline and not been very good. Did hit a home run yesterday, had a home run and a double, so one of his better games as a Yankee. But without Stanton, Judge has kind of tailed off a little bit here, and I don't know if Judge is maybe wearing down a little bit. He's not exactly a bastion of good health, as we know, so maybe he's kind of wearing down. I wrote about this in my daily article today where over the last week plus – does nothing out of him. Only you know a handful of hits, no power, nothing like that. So Judge is kind of struggling a little bit. The second thing is the bullpen fell apart. Mm. And in Major League Baseball, if you want to be good, you have to have a good bullpen. It is mandatory. And Michael King fractured his elbow. Clay Holmes started to wear down a little bit. Now he's on the injured list with back spasms. Aroldis Chapman came back. He hasn't been any good. They don't know where to use him. They have no idea how to deploy him. So the bullpen started to crack at the same time that the offense dropped off. This is what happens. You wind up struggling. And I think a lot of it is just because the Yankees got off to such a good start. And obviously they're the most scrutinized team in baseball just by virtue of being the Yankees. But I think there's still time to fix this thing. I mean, I don't know when Clay Holmes will come back, but Stanton's on a rehab assignment. The bullpen should stabilize. There's enough arms back there. I think they'll be fine. But it does concern me heading into the playoffs that if it's not Judge doing it on offense, I don't know if anybody else can. So manufacturing runs uh, has been a struggle. I mean, if you don't hit the long ball, can they play short ball? Like, I I don't see that emerging as consistent as I would like to see for the Yankees. Well, I don't think so because, first of all, they're kind of a station-to-station baseball Mm -hmm. team. They don't have a lot of speed. They don't have a lot of athleticism. They're not going first to third on singles. They're not going first to home on doubles. That's just not how this team is built. Right. And the second thing is that – they walk a lot, right? So when you walk a lot, you typically work into really deep counts. When you're hitting in two strike counts, two, two, three, two, stuff like that, it lowers your contact quality because you have to protect the strike zone with two strikes. So they're a very low batting average team because you know, unless they're hitting home runs, they're not exactly, as you mentioned, being able to manufacture a lot of runs by getting singles and doubles and stuff like that. So that is a flaw with this team that when you go to the playoffs and you face better pitching teams that can strike you out without walking you, that's where you worry about a lineup like this. So, well, I think they'll be fine for the rest of the regular season. I think it's very clear at this point in time that Houston is the best team in the American right, League. Right. I totally agree with you on that one. I mean, the flaws are flaws, and I don't know how you adjust that, especially when you have injuries in the bullpen, uh, like you just talked about. Uh, and then how do you adjust offensively as a lineup? I, I don't know. I think it might be too late uh, for the Yankees. I totally agree with you uh, about the Astros. Uh, to the National League, though, uh, it gets very, very interesting because the Cardinals on a seven-game win streak. I I've said this all year long. They're part of my portfolio. It's the pedigree within that organization. Uh, it's the reasons why uh, Arenado wanted to go to uh, St. Louis. It's the reasons why Goldsmith is an MVP uh, candidate. It's the reason why Paul Hells might hit 700 uh, this year. I mean, it's crazy to think about, but the Cardinals are putting it all together, and they picked up Jordan Montgomery uh, along the way as well. Yeah, Jordan Montgomery, who goes today, and I'll be able to talk about him later on in the show, but – this Cardinals team, to your point, I know you're really big on culture. You're mm-hmm. really big on on the culture that an organization creates. This is a team with one losing season since 1999. Mm. They just find ways, man. They are just really good defensively. They're extremely sound. Jose Quintana struggled a little bit yesterday. Jordan Montgomery's been great, and as I mentioned, he goes tonight against the Cubs. But they have just enough hitting. They've got a very solid back end of the bullpen. The rotation is a little bit of a concern going into the postseason, but again, you can pitch to contact with a defense that's really good. I'm, I guess I shouldn't be surprised to see them taking off the way that they are. I am surprised to see the Brewers struggling as much as they are 
But the Cardinals made two really good deadline deals, getting Quintana and Montgomery, and it's taken them to another level, and they've capitalized on it. Yeah, the Brewers now five games back. Um, Getting rid of a hater, I mean, did that represent the fact that the Brewers could have been sellers and we didn't interpret that way? Well, I think if they saw the writing on the wall with Josh Hader, who's not been good for the Padres, by the way, that deal hasn't really worked out for either team, but they didn't want to be tied to Josh Hader making over 20 million next year in his last year of arbitration. So they made the deal, got a little bit younger, but it's kind of backfired on him because it kind of upset everybody in that clubhouse. Yeah, absolutely. We got some great games in Major League Baseball uh, and they're part of our best bets. uh, So stay tuned for that. We're going to give out some picks, but coming up next is game week. We got college football at the end of this week. Boy, I cannot wait for that. We'll dissect some of the games, uh, go over some plays as well in college football, all that and more. Come up next right here on Vcent, the Sports Betting Network. This is Betting Across America on Vcent, the Sports Betting Network. This segment of Betting Across America is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine. It's helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. Zen understands there isn't one right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline is a little different. Everyone is on their own journey. So whenever you feel like you're ready to take that first step toward change, Zen will be there for you. Check out Zen Nicotine Pouches at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Adam Burke with you from Las Vegas, uh, out here at the Vista Studios inside of South Point. Uh, as always, we presented by BetMGM. And uh, Adam, Mr. Burke, uh, certainly your contribution to the college football betting guide is, is outstanding. Uh, I highly recommend everybody become a subscriber here at VSIN and get that info. You need it. There's so many games and so many opportunities to make money uh, with college football, I believe. Uh, so let's get to some line movements right now when it comes to the college football national championship as we're about to start the season. Alabama Open plus 200, currently plus 190. Ohio State plus 600. Down to plus 320 now, which is interesting. Georgia defending champions plus 350 from their open price at plus 200. Your initial thoughts here are the top four teams here on the board. Well, my initial thought is this. It's the top three and then everybody else. Okay. I mean, Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia, uh, Just there's a big gap from, from one, two, and three down to four. And in mm-hmm. fact, for me, that gap is seven and a half points. I have Georgia power rate at 95 and a half. I have Michigan power rate at 88, and they're the fourth team in the country for me. So... I have Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia at least seven and a half points better than everybody else on a neutral field. So I would be very surprised if anybody outside of those three teams wins it. And I think I completely understand the line move down on the Buckeyes because this offense might be better than last year's, Mm -hmm. and they lost Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, and they still might be better. And defensively, they got Jim Knowles from Oklahoma State, and we all know defensively the Buckeyes left a lot to be desired, particularly against the pass last season. And Jim Knowles was the architect of a really, really good defense at Oklahoma State. Alabama is what they are. They're very good. We know that year in and year out. Georgia, obviously a very good team. Well, they lost a historic draft class on defense last year that I don't care how good you are. When you lose six first-round picks on defense, you're probably going to drop off a little bit. So I think it makes a lot of sense that the Buckeyes had a nice push. And uh, interestingly enough, I, I may have to look into the ticket market here because one of the semifinals is in Arizona. 
national championship is at SoFi in California. Yeah. I fully expect the Buckeyes to be in both of those games. Yeah, the Buckeyes are outstanding. I mean, on paper, I cannot wait to see this team play. Uh, you know, it's interesting that you brought up you know, when you get that many guys drafted to the league. Remember when Miami, the U, had it going? They mm -hmm. just would replace those guys, right? And uh, I remember my school, uh, after we left, we replaced us uh, with Cordell and Michael Westbrook and all these, you know, great, great football players. But that's when you have a program going. Um, when you don't have a program going, it gets interesting. But it leads me to this question. USC won the offseason uh, through the transfer portal. It's like college football free agency. How are you factoring in the Trojans uh, into the fact, okay, 35 to 1 national championship down to 25 to 1 national championship? Well, I'll say this in my power ratings, USC is basically number 25. They're tied with Cincinnati. So mm -hmm. they're barely a top 25 team for me. And it's not because I don't think that this team is good. It's just I think that they're a little bit overhyped. They're a little bit, yeah, they're kind of priced a little bit high in the market. Lincoln Riley is great. Don't get me wrong, right? This offense should be really, really good, but the level of recruiting at USC has not been the same over the last few years, and it will take time for Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch and some of the other assistants to kind of build that back up again. So I think offensively, they'll be, they'll be just fine. Defensively, I don't know. I think mm -hmm. they're going to play a lot of high-scoring games early on in the year, but also something to keep in mind about Oklahoma or uh, USC, we talked about this last week on the show, Oklahoma was explosive, but they played slow. So if USC is not as efficient as Oklahoma was, where they had the Riley system for several years, USC may really fall short of expectations. So I kind of prefer to be on the lower end with this team, mm -hmm. and I'll kind of adjust accordingly once I see what's going on. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I agree with you. Defensively, we'll see what happens. But if you're scoring 60 points a game, I mean, I, I don't know if that's their intent or not. But Lincoln Riley uh, and Williams, they had the continuity uh, with play caller and, and quarterback, which is unique when it comes to college football and the transfer portal. Right. Oh, no, absolutely. And, and speaking of which, a team that has a lot of continuity is Utah. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're 50-1 to one out there. And look, right. you, I mean, Utah played with Ohio State in the Rose Bowl last year. It was not the game that the Buckeyes wanted to be in, as we all know. But for Utah to be 50-1 to one mm -hmm. and USC to be 20-1 to one is astounding to me when, I mean, Utah is, I think, a four-and-a-half or five-point favorite in the game at home against USC. I, I get that maybe top end Southern Cal is maybe the best team in the Pac-12, but I don't think they're going to be that consistent. Yeah, I think Utah to make the college football playoff as the number four team to get in isn't a bad bet. I mean, I wouldn't take them at 50-1 to one because it's really hard to ask them to beat two of Georgia, Ohio State, or Alabama, but I could very much see them running the table in the regular season, winning the Pac-12, being the number four team, and maybe giving an Alabama or an Ohio State a scare. That 50-1 to 1 ticket would look mighty good if both teams are undefeated. Uh, was it October 1st, I believe, that game? SC and Utah and Utah and Salt Lake City. And they probably play here again in the Pac-12 right. championship game because right, right. the Pac-12 got rid of divisions this mm -hmm. year. A lot of people like Oregon. I'm not really that high on the Ducks. I mean, I have them rated higher than USC. I have Oregon 18th or 17th or so in the country, my power ratings. But I think Utah's a team to beat in the Pac-12. Okay, let's get to some games. Vandy. And Hawaii. We're, yeah, we're going <laughs> to highlight this game because Vandy on the road is minus six and a half uh, against uh, Hawaii. 55 uh, is the total. Two of the worst programs in college football getting after it. Yeah, I have Vanderbilt 112th in the country, and I have Hawaii 125th. So uh, <laughs> we, we talked about this during the break that we need to talk about this game because everybody's going to bet on this game, right? Mm -hmm. It's the late game in mm -hmm. week zero. It's the chase game. People love to joke about betting Hawaii and all that. It's not a joke for most people. They actually bet on the Rainbow Warriors games. We've had a big line movement in this one up from 
basically Vanderbilt minus two and a half out to minus six and a half. My number is four, but I really have a lot of questions about Hawaii because you have Timmy Chang here, first time head coach, hasn't called plays since 2016 as an offensive coordinator. So there's a lot of responsibility now that goes into this for the 40 year old Chang. What's interesting about this game though, is you've got Vanderbilt with the long travel. You do have an SEC program, albeit the perennial worst SEC program in the country. It's a really odd spot, I think, right? Because I don't know what I'm going to get out of either one of these teams. But for Vanderbilt, they've got probably 12 hours of travel to get out to Hawaii along with a five-hour time difference. And they're playing in a glorified high school stadium. It seats 9,300 people. Mm -hmm. It's a really weird game to finish off week zero. Well, it's, it's their bowl game, too, if you think about it. That's true. Like, when's the last time Vandy's been to a bowl game? But this is their bowl game. They're going to Hawaii, and they're minus six and a half here. But, it, you know, it gets interesting. You know, uh, it's always trying to get kids ready for this situation, too. Uh, yeah. I, I called games for teams that traveled to Hawaii, and they knew that was their bowl game. And, man, they, they had a great time on the island, right? And uh, But Hawaii, I mean, Hawaii is so bad, though. That's why this is a tough game to cap to me. Last bowl game is actually 2018 for Vanderbilt. They lost to Baylor in the Texas Bowl. They had some good seasons yeah. under James Franklin and Derek Mason. It's just been really awful since then. But you got a second-year head coach in Clark Lee, so maybe things get a little bit better for the Commodores. Uh, but, again, big line move here where you've got the monster travel says a lot. I mean, these right. week zero and week one lines have been up forever. And we'll start to see some more big bets come in now that limits get higher on game week. So I'll be curious to see where this number goes. Do we get a little bit of Hawaii buyback? Do we get enough push on Vanderbilt to get up to seven? That's kind of what I'm watching for more than anything, because I, I don't think I'll have a play on this game. The one thing I guess I could say, and we were talking about this during the break, mm -hmm. what kind of offense do we expect Hawaii to run? Because Timmy Chang played the run and shoot, yeah. but he was the wide receivers coach at Nevada last year where they did a lot of air raid. So you've got to think this team's going to throw quite a bit. Maybe that lends itself to the overstopped clock, you know, possibly for some big plays, stuff like that. 55 is the total, 110 either way right there for that game. Okay, Wyoming, Illinois. Uh, Illinois minus 10 at home, 44 uh, is the total. Quarterback issues perhaps with Wyoming. Craig Bozo's unbelievable coach. Just doesn't have it going the way that a lot of people expected at this point. And then Bielema, uh, they're going to run the football. They're going to be physical. Uh, they've changed their offense a little bit too. But last year, uh, you know, for – the coach coming in in a situation that he had with Illinois, 7-4-1 uh, ATS uh, with the Illini out there, which was impressive to me. Yeah, you know, look, uh, this is a game I'm kind of torn on because from a power rating standpoint, I do have a little bit of value on Illinois. I have them a 13.5-point favorite in this game. The problem that I have is the total is 44, right? So it's harder to cover by mar or it's harder to win by margin in a game with a low-scoring expectation. This thing could have a running clock. I mean, Illinois <laughs> wants to be physical and run the football Wyoming, that's all they do pretty much is run the football. But why I think Illinois could be a good bet in this game and may ultimately be a side I end up taking, you can be Wyoming in the Mountain West. You can play physical. You can play this hard-nosed running style of offense. You can't do that the same way against Illinois. Illinois is just going to be bigger, stronger, a little bit faster at the line of scrimmage at the point of attack. I think Wyoming could really struggle offensively in this game. I may end up taking the Illinois minus 10 number here. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me, too. The total's 44 uh, down a little bit because you think about Wyoming, the easiest path for them offensively with so many changes is to run the football, too, and try to be physical. But can they match up uh, against the Illini? I don't think so. Uh, if Bielema has it going like he had it uh, when he was previously in the Big Ten.
Yeah, Bielema did a great job with this team last year because this was a team that had really no identity. They were just kind of going in circles. Now at least they have some kind of identity. Yeah, absolutely. Coming up next, uh, we're going to get to best bets, Major League Baseball, football, all the way across the board here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This 
This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Got a great offer from BetMGM, the king of sports books. Sign up right now using bonus code VSIN1000, and your first wager is risk free up to $1,000. BetMGM State of the Art app offers a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, daily boosted odds specials, and much more. Just download the app today or go to betmgm.com and enter bonus code VSIN1000 to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21 years old to wager. It's a new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer is not available in Nevada or New York. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Adam Burke with you from Las Vegas. Uh, you know, Adam, when we get to best bets here, uh, there's so many great bets on the board because Major League Baseball, uh, New York, I mean, New York, when you got Scherzer uh, and the series going up against uh, New York right here, the Yankees, seven and a half the total. The Yankees uh, at a plus 144 dog situation. Um, that doesn't happen that often. But we know about the slump with New York, too. What do you think about this game? Well, I think much like trying to fade Nick Saban or trying to fade Bill Belichick, betting against Max Scherzer is probably not great for your bankroll. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's no way I could take the Yankees in this one. Scherzer's just way too good, especially with that Yankees offense struggling the way that it has. With that said, I could maybe talk myself into the under for this game because Domingo Herman's looked a little bit better here of late. He did not pitch well in his first start against Houston, but he's kind of come back and pitched a little bit more effectively since then. Uh, but I could not go against Max Scherzer tonight. Yeah. What about a team total standpoint? Because you mentioned Herman pitching better, but yet he still has an elevated ERA and a whip that is just below average. For me, that's been a nice combo when it comes to uh, total situations. Uh, and so you got four and a half here from a team total standpoint for the Mets too. Yeah, I mean, four and a half is a little bit tough in a game okay. that's got a game total of seven and a half. Yeah. But that being said, the Mets put a lot of balls in play. Mm-hmm. And when you put balls in play, good things can happen. That's why their offense has been so good here throughout the course of the season. So at least there's that. You know, if you if you want to bet a team total, you want a team that's going to put a lot of balls in play because strikeouts are the absolute worst case scenario for you. So you look for teams like the Mets, teams like, uh, you know, my guardians don't make a lot of quality contact, but they also don't strike out much. You look for teams that are going to put balls in play, put the pressure on the defense, be able to do the first to third thing we talked about earlier that the Yankees can't really do. So there is that the Mets will put a lot of balls in play. And also this Yankees bullpen has been a mess of late. Yeah, it has been. And you'll have the bulldog mentality uh, from Scherzer. Uh, the guy is phenomenal on the bump right there. Okay, let's get to St. Louis uh, and Chicago. Uh, I like this matchup. Uh, St. Louis minus 155. Eight uh, is the total. Jordan Montgomery, we talked about him a little bit earlier in the show. Uh, since the trade, the guy, I believe, is 3-0, mm-hmm. uh, including facing the Yankees. Uh, so they're getting run support, too. St. Louis highly confident uh, with that lineup. What do you think? Yeah, the the only reason, I mean, like minus 155 is a little bit big of a price. The Cardinals bullpen is a little bit of a concern here because a couple of their guys have worked back-to-back days. Ryan Helsley comes back off the paternity list, so we'll see if he gets into action today. But Jordan Montgomery has given up one run on 12 hits in his three starts with the Cardinals. He struck out 17, only walked three. You can, look, it's a very different kind of thing. When you pitch at Yankee Stadium and you know it's small or Mm -hmm. you pitch in the AL East, you feel like you have to strike everybody out. When you get strikeouts is when you don't feel like you have to strike guys out. Montgomery can do what he wants to do. He's racking up strikeouts, but also when balls are hit in play, 
not a whole lot of worries because he's got one of the best defenses in baseball behind him. So I like the Cardinals today. I do think that they take care of business, but I actually played the first five under four at even money. I like Montgomery against the Cubs. I'm worried about the Cubs bullpen, which is why I didn't right. take the full game. But Drew Smiley here, he's pitched really well of late. His swinging strike percentage is up over his last several starts. 92nd percentile in average exit velocity, 80th percentile in hard hit percentage. He's done a great job staying off the barrel and generating swings and misses. I think he's having a really, really fine season. So I like the first five under uh, in this game here, under four at even money. Okay, the total's eight, juiced up uh, over minus 120 uh, in that matchup too. Let's get to the National Football League. We have preseason football uh, Monday night style. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons and the Jets, a lot of things have been talked about with the Jets. Uh, the joint practices too, I guess Mariota has not looked very good, not sharp at all. You got the Falcons though laying three and a half, actually four and a half now that I look at it here at the South Point, uh, and 38 uh, is the toll in the game, minus 110 either way. I'm going to kick this back to you because I want to ask <laughs> what you've thought of what you've seen from Desmond Ritter so far. Well, he's a rookie, and, and what I've seen is, you know, uh, to be expected. I haven't seen anything critical uh, of Ritter other than that he's a young player. He's got a lot to learn. I mean, I, without a game plan, without a solid feeling of what Arthur Smith wants to do with him, uh, it's going to be interesting. And Drake London, he's banged up. He caught one pass and went straight to the sideline, Adam Burke. Uh, that's concerning to me because I, I think as a young player, I, I mean, look, depending on what the injury is, it's not to be believed that it's that serious, but I watched a guy catch a pass and run straight to the sideline. Uh, that's, that's not promising to me. Um, I think that needs to change a little bit, but uh, you got the Jets on the other side too with Flacco uh, playing, I, I guess, decent with another opportunity, but Ritter... Uh, maybe looking for some big things. You know, Mariota's just trying to resurrect his career at this point. Could be an opportunity for Ritter before the Falcons really uh, move forward with their plan, which is, I think, to look at a quarterback next year anyway. Yeah, and the, and the thing for the Jets here tonight, they're not playing a whole lot of guys, it seems like. Yeah. It seems like neither one of these teams playing a whole lot of their veterans right. here on Monday Night Football, so this should be a real thriller. But, you know, if Joe Flacco doesn't play and you already have Zach Wilson out, there'll be a lot of Chris Strebler tonight uh, <laughs> for, for the New York Jets. The one thing I will say with regards to Ritter, and we've kind of talked about this a little bit. I've talked about it on various shows. We talked about it last week. When you've got mobile quarterbacks that can improvise in the preseason, when things kind of break down, guys don't run the right routes, whatever the case may be, mobile quarterbacks tend to have a lot of success in the preseason. And Desmond Ritter's a guy that is very mobile. Now, of course, I don't know how much he'll play tonight. That's kind of something that you mm -hmm. want to see if you can figure out before this game actually kicks off. But uh, I, to me, I just feel like I look at this game and – Based on the mentalities of the two coaches, a lot of veterans not playing and all that, this is a let's get the hell out of here healthy kind of game. <laughs> right. And that's what we, I mean, we have seen a big move on the under for this one, due in large part to the fact that the starters aren't playing. But I think that mentality is kind of, we're going to go through, we're going to do what we need to do. We're going to go through our reps and all that. But I don't think we see a lot of points in this game. I would take under, if anything. Yeah, it shows you the quality of uh, the joint practices, too, I think. I mm -hmm. mean, a lot of coaches probably satisfied with the amount of work uh, that was done right there. Let's take a look at all the young players. Got uh, a couple more cuts coming up. Uh, uh, actually, the big cut uh, after the final preseason game when you get down to 53, actually. So I, I think the, ro the rosters are pretty much complete here. Maybe a few jobs up for grabs. Uh, so you might be right uh, about that. Let's just get out of Dodge and avoid injury. Um, headlines that we need to get to. Tom Brady. Uh, I think made his return. Do you think that this impacts the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in any way? The fact that he took that sabbatical right there in the middle of training camp. 
No, I, I think what impacts the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is they keep losing interior linemen yeah. left and right. I mean, they lost Kappa to the um, to the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Jensen goes down. Marpet retired. They lost another guy here over the weekend, another one of their guards to an ACL and an MCL, I believe. Uh, Stinney, I, I believe his name is. So things are not going particularly well for Tampa Bay. And, and you know, there was the, the interesting Reddit thread. I talked about this on my guys uh, last Friday with Femi of FFA about maybe Tom Brady being on the mass singer. You know, that's why he was away and, uh, some incredible investigative journalism. I don't know if it's true or not. I guess we'll find out in the coming weeks. But things are just not going well for Tampa Bay right now. And the one thing we know about Brady is he hates pressure up the middle. And they're not really going to simulate that with him in preseason anyway. So I don't know if it matters. I think it's kind of more everything else that's been a problem for the Bucs. Okay. And then Cleveland, Carolina, uh, looking at that week one line. Because Carolina named her starting quarterback. It's going to be Baker Mayfield. No surprise. I don't think that's out there. Uh, it's minus one, though. Uh, against his former team, 41 and a half to total. Uh, the mess that's Cleveland right now in the locker room, Jacoby Brissett, all of that uh, is still only one point from a spread standpoint. Yeah, uh, look, the one thing I know about Baker Mayfield, the one thing I know about most quarterbacks, but Baker Mayfield especially, he does not like pressure. He he absolutely hates getting pressured, mm-hmm. and he tries to throw on the run, and the problem is he's not particularly good at it. Plus, he only goes one way. He only goes to his right. So, The Browns are going to overload that right side. They're going to pressure him as much as they possibly can. Baker's got talent there. He absolutely has talent there. But McCaffrey. (laughs) As long as he stays healthy. We'll see. We'll see if he's able to do that. But to me, I I think Cleveland here at, you know, the the money line price, even money, if you can get a plus number, I think that's the right play here where they're going to have the right game plan to get after Baker Mayfield. And I think all Brissett has to do is not – Make mistakes, not turn the ball over. Just make the easy throws and let Nick Chubb and and Dearness Johnson and all those guys eat in that game. Yeah, I mean, you've lived out there uh, before moving out here, obviously, to work here at Vston, And so to see the Cleveland Browns, I mean, it's kind of representative of their history a little bit to be dysfunctional at times. Oh, 100%. This is, this is all I know. The last couple of years have been remarkable. All, all right. I know is dysfunction and discontent and – I, the team moved when I was a kid. So, yeah, this is wow. a walk in the park for me. Yeah, at the Baker Bowl, too. I mean, that's what the league will do for you. You got uh, Russell going up against his former team now, obviously, because of the trade. Uh, Baker going up against uh, the Cleveland Browns as starting quarterback. Great job today. It was fun. It was yep. a quick hour. It was quick. It flies by. It really does. Uh, you can follow Adam Burke on Twitter at Skating Tripod. Stay tuned for The Edge. Coming up next, right here on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.